This year is being given pre-Hanukkah, Tavshin Pei Gimel, in the Holy Breslov Synagogue in Shari Chesed. We're going to base the year on chapter 30 in Likud Imran, and also in Likud Yalochez, Hilchas Hashkomas Haboiker Halacha Dalid, where Avnosazal expounds on this. This year was actually given by Rabbi Nachman on Shabbos Hanukkah, which is one of the important times of the year that he wanted his students to come to him. That's one of the times that he gave a major shear. And sure enough, throughout Likud Iman, we have about six or seven Shabbos Hanukkah shirim. Each one is a major production. He begins by saying that in order to achieve a deep understanding about Hashem and about Judaism, it requires it's impossible to understand it without it being able to be brought down. It has to be able to be brought down, down, down into tzimtzumim, into constrictions, into bite-sized pieces, like we would say, that a person can relate to, that can understand, that we can understand on our level. Just like when a teacher in school is starting to teach something new to students, very often the teacher has to give an introduction and start off, you start off with letters, and letters goes to words, and words goes to sentences, and sentences goes to thought. So too, when we want to learn about Hashem, which is the highest level, you know, concepts and thoughts, has to be able to be brought down, down, down into a manner that we can relate to it. And the truth is, that's what the Torah is. The Torah is Hasoga Selukus, it's, it's understanding Hashem, and it's been brought down into words and letters, and each letter even, according to Kabbalah, it was shown certain letters are combinations of other letters, you know, broken down, 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 in a manner that we can relate to it and we can use it to be able to develop much higher and loftier thoughts. And Rabbi Nezal says, in order to be able to do this, this requires a proper teacher who has the ability to take very high-level things and bring it down to a place that people can relate to it. And he says that just like in health, when it comes to health, according to how sick a person is, the more serious, the more seriously ill a person is, the greater a doctor they need. When a person is regularly ill, they'll go to a GP, a general practitioner, you know. When a person has a very serious illness, they know they have to go to a specialist so too spiritually. When a person thinks that they have their regular, regular spiritual illness, then maybe a regular rabbi can help them. But if a person realizes that they're very sick or that we're living in times that are very difficult spiritually, where the challenges that we have in some ways are much more difficult than ever before, it requires a greater rabbi, a greater tzaddik, to be able to fix, to be able to heal people who have greater, you know, more severe illnesses. And, and just, to, we're going to touch very lightly. We know that when we speak about the attributes of Hashem, there's Chachma. Chachma is the highest or one of the highest levels spiritually. And Malchus, Malchus is referred to as the lowest level on the totem pole of the ten basic Midas of Hashem. Rabbi Nezal says here that we have, to have, we have to be able to take Chachma, you know, this high-level knowledge, 
and bring it into constriction, Malchus, Chachma and Malchus are represented by the sun and the moon. The sun, we know a person cannot look directly at the sun for more than a second or two, you know, without it harming your eyesight. It's too bright. The moon we can look at, the moon we can relate to, the moon is reflecting the light of the sun. The moon doesn't have any light of its own. It's reflecting the light of the sun in a way that we can look at it, we can appreciate it. That's this concept of Chachma and Malchus, this concept of Hasoga Salakus, a very high, deep level understanding of Hashem, being brought down into, into a, a lower place we can relate to it. Rab Sal explains that this is what we're doing on Hanukkah. We know that Hashem, Hashem is referred to as Emes, truth. We say at the end of Kriyashma, Hashem Elokechem Emes. And, and Emes is light, is called Emes. There's a Pasuk, Oyrchova Amitcho, your light and your truth. So this light and this truth is a very, very high level. On Hanukkah, we're taking that light and putting it into a wick and into oil and a match. We're using these physical things to be able to connect to this incredible high-level light. We're bringing this high-level light down, down, down into physical things. We're going to use a physical, a little piece of cotton <clears throat> to, to turn on to activate that light. And the fact that we turn on eight lights on Hanukkah, there are eight days, shows us a relationship between this and truth because the Arizal says in Shachris, in the morning, between Kriyashma and Shmon Esrei, which is one of the most important parts of the prayer, we find Emes mentioned eight times. Emes ve'atzva, Emes atuhurishan, Emes mimitzray. You'll count, you'll see exactly eight times, <coughs> referring to eight levels, eight aspects of Emes of truth, which we're trying to connect to on Hanukkah. The holiday of Hanukkah comes out during winter time, during the longest nights, when the darkness is, is strongest, shortest days, longest nights, greatest darkness, we're bringing the light of Hashem, the light of truth into this, and we're bringing it down, down, down into these physical things, number one. Interestingly, we do it on, on, on Friday also, on Erev Shabbos, Erev Yontif, but there's a difference. We're told that on, on Erev Shabbos and Erev Yontif, the world is elevated, the world gets a pickup, and we, the world rises up towards Hashem. Whereas on Hanukkah, Hanukkah does not take place on a holy day. Hanukkah is not Shabbos, it's not Yantif, when we don't work, we don't turn up. Hanukkah takes place during the weekdays, actual weekday. All types of work are permissible. So we're, we're going down to a lower place. Not only that, but the preferred place to light Hanukkah candles is low, beneath ten tefachim. A tefach is a fist. A fist is somewhere between three and four inches. The preferred place to light the Hanukkah candles is below ten tefachim, below 40 inches from the ground. Why? Because on Hanukkah the message is reaching down, going down to lower places, to the people who are very ill, the people who are furthest away from the light, and we want to bring the light to them. Just like when a person is healthy, when a human being is healthy, we expect them to go. 
the Gemara says a person who has a synagogue in their neighborhood and they don't attend, Hashem considers them a bad neighbor. Because Hashem expects you, what do you mean? I have my, I have my house. Get out of your house. Get up and get out of your house and go to shul. Pray in the shul. That's where Hashem is more visible, more prevalent. Hashem is everywhere. Hashem is in the house everywhere, every year. But there's a higher level, a higher intensity of Hashem's light and Hashem's greatness in a place where 10 people gather together. Not just that. So what? I'll bring a minion into my house. Still different. A house, that's one level. That is a higher level when 10 people get together, even in a house. But it's still a higher level when they get together in a shul, in a synagogue, where there's a Sefer Torah, there's a Hechel. And it's a place that's been designated for prayer, for learning and praying, that has a, a higher, much higher level of holiness, much easier to draw the divine presence of Hashem there, much easier to connect on a higher level. Now, there are people that are going to say, I don't go to shul, I daven at home, because I can concentrate better at home. They might think that. They might think that on a certain level, their concentration is better. No disturbances, nothing. You know, in shul, this one is this, and this one is that, and this one comes in, and this doesn't come in. But the Torah tells us, the Torah tells us, even if that might be true, the advantages, the advantages of davening with a quorum of 10 people, the advantages of going into a shul are very special, very special. But what about the fact that there are distractions there? Train yourself, work on yourself. It is work. It does require work, but it can be done. person can work on themselves to focus, to concentrate, that I'm not going to be affected by people coming in and out. I'm not going to be affected if someone coughs, if someone sneezes, if someone opens the door or closes the door. I'm focused. <laughs> we know there's the famous story of a Rosh Yeshiva who was very particular using every moment of his time the right way and his students, that time is so precious and everything. And one day he tells his students, tomorrow we're going to the circus. And they look at him and they figure something, somebody must have put something in his tea or in his chicken soup. Something's wrong here. But the Rosh Yeshiva says, we'll go. They go with him, they go to the circus and they see a number of different acts performed and then they come back to the yeshiva. And the next day, the Rosh Yeshiva says they figure, hopefully, he's going to forget about, we're all going to forget about this, that we lost a day. We lost a precious day of learning Torah. And the next day, he says to the students, so now let's review. Let's have chazara. Let's review what we learned yesterday at the circus. And they're looking at him, what we learned at the circus. I don't remember the rabbis saying any dvar Torah or anything. He says, let me tell you, let me tell you something extremely important. Everybody learns halacha, and we learn about prayer, and we learn that the most important prayer is Shmon Esrei. In the morning, we start off with Karbanas, we start off with section one of Tefillah, that corresponds to the lowest world, to the Olam Hoasiyah. Then we go to section two, Psuke de Zimra, we're going up to the next spiritual world, we're going up to the world of the angels. Then we go up to Kriyashma and the blessings surrounding it, we're going up to the next world, to the Olam Habriya, the world of the throne of Hashem. And then when a person goes into Shmon Esrei, they're going into Atzilus, they're going into the highest, highest, the closest thing to Hashem. Eitzel means close to. 
And the Shulchan Aruch says, because of that, you better get ready. When you're about to go into Shmon Esrei, <laughs> get ready. How do you prepare? Disconnect. Disconnect all the wires that are connecting you to the physical world. All the wires that are connecting you to your body. Hispashtus hagashmius. That's the term that's used. And, and the Gemara says this, the Shulchan Aruch says this. This is not Kabbalah. This is Hebrew law. That a person getting ready to go into Shmon Esrei wants to disconnect completely from the physical and from their own body even. And go to a, a total, total deep spiritual connection to Hashem. Person would say, a thousand, whether anybody did that a thousand years ago or not, I don't know. I wasn't there. But today, is that humanly possible? And the Rosh Yeshiva said, I showed all of you that it is humanly possible. Remember the tightrope walker? You saw that tightrope, that wire that extended for a, a few hundred feet. And it took him several minutes to go from one end to the other end. Remember all the banging that was going on at the time and the noise and the music and the clapping and everything going on, rah, 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 in a circus. Did you watch him? Did you see what he did? He knew he had to get from one end to the other end. And he knew if he loses his concentration for a moment, he's finished. He'll lose his balance and he'll fall. Everyone saw that he did it. He was able to do it. So it is possible. It's not easy, but it can be done. It can be done. So this is, this is the, the, this concept of, of tzimtzum, of constriction, being able to constrict our own minds even and concentrate, really concentrate on something completely and draw all my concentration to one place. Rabbi Nachman, so that a person, when, the, when we're in shul or when we're praying to Hashem, there's only Hashem and me, nothing else, nothing else. I'm not going to allow anything else to interrupt. Then Rabbi Nezal says there's a higher level than that. The next level is where there isn't Hashem and me. There's only Hashem. There's no me at all. I didn't just disconnect from my physical body, but I'm not a separate entity because the truth is we're not a separate entity. We say that the only thing that really exists is Hashem. The fact that we exist, we are part of Hashem. It's the soul inside of us that's giving us life. That's, it's the Hashem inside of me that's, that's the real me. That's the real me. So there's a, another level that a person can get to of negating the me completely. But then one second, then who's talking? Who's saying the words? The Gemara uses the terminology, medaberes It's Hashem speaking through my throat. It's not me, because we know all of us, when we start the Shmon Esrei, we begin with the words, Hashem, Sefosai, Tiftach. Hashem, open my lips and give me the privilege of speaking your praises. What does that mean, open my lips? You can't open your lips by yourself. It means, Hashem, give me the words. What do you mean? The words are in the sitter. It's right in front of you. I don't know has to give you any. I know, I know, it's in the sitter, but I need Hashem to put it all together, to put it in my mouth, to activate my heart and my mind and to connect my brain, my heart and my mind and to connect them only to Hashem and disconnect them from my hands, my feet, from everything else going on around me. Everything, everything, everything. So that, that's the ultimate in prayer. person would say, well, I, I can't do that. The answer is, we know what the goal is. Each person on their level 
on their level is trying to get as close as we can to that, to improve the concentration, to make it better and better. Back to Earth, back to our topic now. We were talking about on Hanukkah taking this divine light of Hashem, bringing it down, bringing it down into the weekdays, bringing it down into physical things, into a wick, an oil, physical oil, and lighting it specifically below a certain place, showing that we're trying to reach down. Now, we know that during the time, during the time when this miracle of Hanukkah took place, there were Jews who believed in Hashem, who prayed and studied, but there was a major counterforce. There were the Greeks at the time, Yavon, and different from other enemies of the Jews, most of our enemies usually want to destroy us physically. The Romans, the Nazis, Yemachshimah, others. The Greeks presented a different, a different proposal. Nothing about, nothing about killing Jews. We want to kill the soul. We want to replace the Torah. We want to place, replace Hashem and the Torah with Greek culture, with Tarbut, you know. That, that the Torah is something ancient, antiquated. They didn't believe in it. They didn't believe in spirituality. They didn't believe in a soul. But, but Chochmah, what about intellect? Everybody likes intellect. intellect. Intellect, we have culture for that. We have Greek culture and those things. That's what they wanted to replace it with. <clears throat> and, this, and this was a major challenge, Chas v'shon. This had the potential. We know that the original, the original crisis in the world was when Adam and Chava ate from the Eitz Hadas. Originally Hashem gave one commandment to man. No 603 commandments. One instruction. You can eat from all other trees except one. Stay away from this one. Even though it's called Eitz Hadas. It's Das. Das is knowledge. Das is intellect. Das is a good thing. In the Kuzari it says Ilu Yedativ Heisiv. The more you know the closer you are to Hashem. The more you know about Hashem, the more you become part of Hashem. So knowledge is a good thing, but there's, there's a type of knowledge that's healthy, and there's a type of knowledge that's dangerous. When we have knowledge without the Hashem factor, when people are studying science, and they're studying biology or chemistry, and they learn about everything, except one small item is left out, the Hashem factor. We know that there's elements and there's protons and neutrons and there's electrons and the electrons go around. But they don't tell you what's making it go around, what's making it spin. What, who, who's, they leave out that, that Hashem factor. There's a big problem. There's a big, big problem. Because that's Chochmah without Hashem, which is Chochmah's Chitzonius. That's called external, extraneous wisdoms, Chasushon. And unfortunately, very often, it leads to a lack of faith in it, either denial, complete denial of Hashem, or lack of faith, or weakening a person's face. faith. This is what the Greeks were about. Now, the way we perform this mitzvah of lighting Hanukkah candles, there are two major opinions in the Gemara. There's a debate between Beishamai and Beishillel. Beishamai say that as each day goes on, we know that the, the miracle was that they found a small vial of oil that was a one-day supply or less than a day supply, according to some. <clears throat> and Hashem made a miracle that this little bit of oil burned one complete day, 
and then another complete day, and then another. And each day that went on that this kept burning, the miracle was bigger. In other words, if you tell me that I can go into a store and for 80 cents I can buy a dollar's worth of produce, wow, that's great. That's a, that's a good deal. I like that. I'm going to shop there. And then you tell me <clears throat> that the next day, for the same 80 cents you spent yesterday, I'm going to give you another dollar's worth of produce. And it's getting bigger and better, that kind of thing. Every day that the miracle went on, went on the miracle became greater and greater. So Beishamai says that as the light gets greater, bigger and bigger, it has to become smaller and smaller. There's less of an audience that's qualified to be able to handle that light. In, in Judaism, we have Chumash, we have Mishnah, we have Gemara, we have Kabbalah. Let's just take those levels. Chumash, how many Jews, what percentage of Jews are capable of studying Chumash and understanding it? Majority. It's, it's the base, most basic, basic groundwork of, of Judaism. Mishnah, another level. It's another level, a higher level. Uh, less of an audience. Gemara, even less. There are people much, there are, there are many groups of people, many synagogues where they have older people that didn't have a real Jewish education and they'll learn Mishnah with them because they know that's something they could handle. Gemara would be too difficult, too complex for them to handle. So more limited audience. Now we go to Kabbalah, Secrets of Torah, a, a much more limited audience of people that are capable of, of understanding that, you know, and relating to it. So Beisham, I say that as the days of Hanukkah progress, we start, the magic number is eight. It was an eight-day miracle. Sure, okay, we're going to start with eight. But every day that goes on, we're going to shrink. The second day, seven candles. The third day, six, until we go down to one. Because as you're going higher and higher, it's like a pyramid. Pyramid starts off wide on bottom, and as you go up, it gets tighter and tighter, narrower and narrower. Makes sense. Base Hill say no. Base Hill say that as we're going to higher and higher levels, we have to be able to reach a wider audience. It doesn't mean that we're teaching them Kabbalah, but the more advanced that an individual is, the more advanced that a tzaddik is, the more far-reaching he has to be, the more he has to be able to reach the highest people and the lowest people. Hashem created the world. Hashem is way up there. Hashem created Shomayim and Eretz, heaven and earth. And Hashem is in both places, and he wants to be in both places. Hashem, there are many places where the Torah shows this. So Beisil will say, that as we're increasing, as we're going higher and higher, we're increasing the light. And we're adding a, more candles, more candles. And we follow Beis Hillel. Our, our, and and Rav Nassim, Rabbi Nachman's closest student says, the message to us is that the more a person is advancing in Judaism, it's not that they, they have a more limited audience that they can speak to. If they're doing it properly, it's, it has to give them the ability to reach a wider audience. So that the greatest tzaddik, when Moshe Rabbeinu was about to leave the world, and he asked Hashem, I can't leave the Jews without a replacement. Without, he says, it's got to be ish asheruach boy. It has to be someone 
who has the divine spirit in him, and the Gemara says this means someone who can relate to every different type of Jew. Every different type of Jew, the most advanced and the smallest ones, the lowest ones. This is the message that Hillel, Beis Hillel gives us, that as the days are going on, each day goes on, we're going to a high level, we're increasing the light, more light. We're able to reach more people. Just as we know on Hanukkah, the message is, we want to go down. We want, usually, the Gemara says, normally, normally, the Shekhinah, the divine presence of Hashem, does not go below 10. Below 10 Tfachim off the ground. In fact, the word Shekhinah, the Hebrew word Shekhinah, is actually related to the number 10. If you'll take count from 1 to 10, 1 times 1, plus 2 times 2, plus 3 times 3, plus 4 times 4, going on to 10 times 10, it's Bigimatria Shekhinah. It's Bigimatria 385, which is Shekhinah. That's why you need a quorum of 10 people to draw the light of the Shekhinah. But Hanukkah teaches us that Hashem knew that's standard, that's normal. When we had a base Hamikdash, when everything was okay, Hashem said, you come to me. I'm not coming. You come to me. There's a Beis HaMikdash. Three times a year, there are these special holy times. Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, when Hashem's light is beaming, but you got to come to me to get it. you got to go to the Beis HaMikdash to get it. Rav Nosenzal explains, Hashem knew there's going to come a time when there's going to be no Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash is going to be destroyed. And now what? Now what? Judaism closes down. Judaism never closes down. No matter what, no matter, there's no Beis HaMikdash, even Moshe Rabbeinu leaves the world. Moshe Rabbeinu left the world. There were people who made a mistake and thought, now there's no tzaddik, there's no Torah, let's change the channel. We'll go to idols. We'll make a golden calf. That's what happened. What should they have done? Was there another Moshe Rabbeinu in the world? There wasn't. In fact, the Torah tells us that during the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu was compared to the sun, and Yehoshua was compared to the moon. Pnei Moshe kipnei chama, pnei shua kipnei levona. However, however, when you don't have the sun, it's not the, at night, we don't say can't do anything. Hashem has given us the moon and the stars to be able so that we can function during the night also. We can move around, we can do things during the night also. Here again, Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't available. Had they gone to Yehoshua, none of that would have happened. None of that destruction there wouldn't have been. Yehoshua was not involved in the golden calf. Yehoshua stayed, was waiting at the mountain for Moshe Rabbeinu to come down. The people calculated, they miscalculated. Moshe Rabbeinu said, I'll be down in 40 days. It looked to them as if the 40 days were over, and, and now, it's, now it's finished. And the Sultan played with them. He showed them an image in the sky of Moshe Rabbeinu on a bed, lying dead on a bed, as if he's gone. It's over. But, but the message of Hanukkah is that it's never over. There's no such thing in Judaism. There's no Beis HaMikdash. We have Hanukkah and Purim. Hanukkah and Purim is Hashem coming to visit us. Hashem, just like when a person is sick, there's a mitzvah, Bikur Cholim. Bikur Cholim means we go to you. You don't have to come, you can't come to shul. 
the shul comes to you, the people come to you. Chanukah and Purim are that message of the Beis Hamikdash coming to us. We're lighting the menorah, the Beis Hamikdash, where you had this menorah, this menorah is being lit in our homes, in our houses, and again, we're bringing it below 10, showing that 10, that's standard, that's normal when things are good, but when things, when a person, what about when a person is, is, is far from the Shekhinah? Then the Shekhinah will come down to them. Then the Tzaddik comes down to them. And that's what we're doing each time we're lighting these additional, an additional candle. We're, we're increasing the light. We're showing that as a person advances, they're going to they're gonna want to be able to reach a wider audience, more people. We should be by, by fulfilling the mitzvahs of Hanukkah and, and understanding a little bit of what we're doing to be, that, that Hashem should have Rahmonas on us. Hashem sees the state of the world today that in, in some ways, even though with all the different lights that we have, we have fluorescent and incandescent and this, and, and, and night is like day, we, we're, we're living in times today where unfortunately people are so mixed up and confused that a, a major portion of the youth is up all night, they're up all night and they're sleeping during the day because, because day and night have become mis, mis, messed up completely, Rahman al-Islam. We should be that by, by understanding where we are, knowing where we are, that we're in a, a darkness right now. We are in a darkness right now. The Torah says, even though a person, what, do you, what kind of darkness? We have thousands of shuls, thousands of yeshivas, thousands of sforim, new books coming out every single day, Torah books. It's true, it's true. But the Torah tells us, hastir, astir, that as we get closer to the coming of Mashiach, it's going to get darker and darker with the books, with the yeshivas, with the shuls. How many people are really able to connect, to connect to Hashem and to feel that connection to Hashem and to be able to share it with their families, to be able to share it with their children and, and, and wives, etc., etc. By knowing where we are, number one, knowing that the, the Torah doesn't lie. It's true that with all of this, there, there is this light but we still need tremendous, tremendous divine assistance to be able to find Hashem and connect Hashem properly in this darkness. A person who does this mitzvah knowing, knowing what this is about, that I'm, I'm drawing this infinite light of Hashem into these tiny little candles, and, and by saying the brachas and, and the singing, and there are people that have a custom at least the first half hour that the lights are shining, to stay there, to stay there, to, to speak to Hashem, to use that as an opportunity, again, to make a deep, deep, high-level connection with Hashem, we should be zeichet to, to, to connect in, in, a, in a way, in some ways, these holidays, Hanukkah and Purim, are a higher level than Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot. It's, it's, it's easier, in a sense, to come close to Hashem during these holidays than it is on those other holidays which really required going to the Beis HaMikdosh and, and all the other requirements. On Hanukkah, on Pesach, can't eat chametz, can't do this. On Sukkah, on Sukkah, you have to be in the Sukkah. Much more laws and requirements. On Hanukkah, it's easy. The whole day, you're allowed to go to work. You can do everything. You can eat meat, dairy, whatever you want. Everything, very few requirements. Hashem is making it as easy as possible just for this minimum of a half hour, just light one candle, and the next day just light two candles. 
person would say, it's nothing, it's nothing. It's not nothing. Because when you're dealing with Hashem, Hashem can take a one-watt bulb and give it the power of a billion watts. Hashem is infinite. And, and if the Torah tells us that by lighting this tiny little candle, this half an inch flame, that there's a Hashem is inside of that, that then we know that it's, it's very true, it's accurate. We should be zeichet that this mitzvah should light up our lives and light up Klal Yisrael and light up the world and put an end to all the, 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 the variety of darkness in the world today. Be zeichet to get to see the, the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash with the coming of Moshiach, Bimhera Bimeinu, Amen Amen. Amen. Any questions? Any questions? from the wick is that tentafachim which part of the oil good question good question I believe it's the positioning of the menorah whatever menorah you're using the base of the menorah the base of the menorah if possible should be within the ten you know for if it's higher than that it's still kosher up until 20 amois 20 amois means 35 feet you're allowed but one of the preferred, one of the most preferred places is if it's possible for it to be that low. There are some people that have a porch, let's say, a porch. And again, you want it to be visible. One of the requirements of Hanukkah candles is that it, you, you, you want to show this to the world. So you want to light in a place that's visible if possible. There are people that light on a window so that the people outside can see it. There are people that don't have a window like that. They light at the entranceway to their apartment opposite the mezuzah. There are people that write at the entranceway to their building. There's a variety. There's a variety of things. And, and in this forum, including Rav Nosenzal, explains what's special about each one of those locations. One of the very special points is if it can be lit, you know, that, that low, that kind of thing. Thank you. Um, what are some suggestions? One, one is speaking to Hashem, actually speaking to Hashem, and expressing my own feelings about my own darkness, you know, my personal darkness or the darkness around us, you know, physically, spiritually, all, and pleading with Hashem for Hashem to bestow His light and His kindness. That's one of the best things. If a person studies Torah at that time, any proper mitzvah, Singing the songs of Hanukkah is very special. It's written that if a person, that Hanukkah, there's no obligation, there's no sudas mitzvah like there is on Shabbos Nyantiv, but if a person sings Hanukkah songs, or they tell over the story of Hanukkah, the miracles of Hanukkah, or they study Torah, then it becomes a sudas mitzvah. You know, it is special. Definitely. Very, very much so. Definitely. Most of the time, they do not on the ground floor. Or up more. You, you can't you can't light unless you light in the window. The window is over ten amos, and that's what a lot of people do when they have it. It has no choice. A hundred percent true. People that live in buildings, you know, that are above ground, you know, second floor and up, or even first one, some places can't do that unless my rabbi, Reb Michal Dorfman You see how some he had a porch. And he, 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 he made it that the lower part of the porch should be window glass. So that on Hanukkah, by lighting on the porch there, the, and the fact that it's, it's glass, it's people in the street were able to see it from there. 
people that don't have that privilege. Lighting in the window is, is, is the right place to do it. However, if you have this knowledge, <clears throat> if you know the halacha and you know what it's about, you can have in mind that I believe that this Hanukkah lamp that I am lighting that's right now above Tent Fachim, but I know the mission of this, the purpose of this is that this is one a unique day in the year, you know, a unique holiday, when the light is going below Tent Fachim. Having that in mind, you're connecting to it in that way, even though your manure is physically higher. You also mentioned previously, years ago, that if you have a choice of windows, the best is to make the window facing the street. A question of which window in a house to light by, if there's the, you want the most visibility. When we talk about miracles, one of the things, <coughs> here again, this is a, an incredible thing that people are aware of. The word miracle, miracle means Hashem, something different, very different, right? Nature, norm, there's normal and there's miracle. To Hashem, is it any more difficult to do miracle than, than regular? No. So what's the big deal? What's the big deal about a miracle? The big deal is that miracle means that there's Hashem. When there's no miracle, there are people that believe in Mother Nature, science, those kind of things. When there's miracle, it's not science. It's, it's disagreeing with, it's contradicting science. It's contradicting nature. So miracle is, is a manifestation of Hashem. When Hashem is being manifested, the more the merrier. It's persume nisa. There's a tremendous significance given to publicizing the miracle. Wherever you can get more visibility, more people to be aware of it, that's, that's the real point of a miracle. Good point.